Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Now, it's undeniable that the pandemic has seen online retail skyrocket in the past two years. According to a global study by McKinsey, the pandemic has vaulted consumer and business digital adoption five years forward in a matter of just approximately eight weeks. Unsurprisingly, the retailers who fared better during the pandemic were those who had a head start when it came to digital capabilities. But for many others, we all know it was a race to catch up. The acceleration towards a digital first approach in retail, however, is a double-edged sword for online merchants who don't prioritize customer experience. So how can unprepared online retailers gear up better for festive shopping? Well, Byron Fernandez joins us now. He's Group CIO of Homegrown and New York Stock Exchange listed digital consumer experience solutions provider, TDCX. Hi, Byron. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Dorothy. So, Byron, first of all, explain this. How is it that a digital first approach can be a double-edged sword? Well, it can be a double-edged sword in many different ways, Barthi, but I think, you know, Possibly the most um, the most evident of that is the preparedness of the organization that is uh, implementing a digital first approach. Um, technology such as machine learning, artificial intelligence, now, there's an important role for them to play in enhancing customer experience. But the ability for all of this tech to manage complex problems is still effectively quite limited. Uh, a lot of companies that are taking digital first approach can be a little bit too aggressive to move more customer interactions into digital channels, thereby losing that human touch. And I think that's possibly the other edge of the sword. Now, on the, on the positive side of things, of course, the digital-first approach uh, brings unprecedented reach uh, for businesses to their customers. So I guess it's finding that happy balance between one end of the sword and the other, really. Okay, so the human touch still does matter. Let's not forget that. So talk to me about how to find this balance. What does the ideal balance look like? So the ideal balance starts with placing the person, the customer, at the center of that approach. You know, self-service channels, I mentioned earlier, great for straightforward queries, but think about user behavior, Barty. People tend to first troubleshoot issues on their own. Today's consumer is extremely savvy, extremely digital ready. Um, they're going out online, they're doing troubleshooting, they're doing things on their own. And by the time they reach out to the company, the issue is probably something that's well beyond them, something that requires analytical thinking, problem solving skills, but most of all, that all important human empathy. Now, we're seeing a lot of improvements in tech, but there's still a portion of these queries which we cannot adequately resolve through machines. Um, and I think this is really um, you know, where you need to start. It's putting that customer first and understanding what that customer needs in the strategy in order to be able to find that balance between people, uh, technology, and, and digitalization channels. Now, many might say that retailers should be expected to have already conducted some customer journey research, right? They would have looked Mm -hmm. into it. But what are some of the reasons that they might have failed to address flaws in the customer experience, especially vis-a-vis this human touch? Oh, Barathe, a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, really, if you start that, you nailed it when you said looked at the customer journey. Mm. A lot of businesses don't look at the entire customer journey. You know, promotions, discounts, great way to attract consumers. 
but a poor customer experience could end up having the opposite effect and driving them away. Now, there's research that indicates 74% of consumers are likely to make a purchase based on experience alone. And close to a third will just stop doing business with a retailer, even if it's a brand they love after just one negative experience. On the other hand, often overlooked metrics, brand loyalty and customer loyalty, have grown their revenues 2.5 times faster than their industry peers, underscoring the value of good customer experience. That's one of the things, right? Not considering the whole journey. Mm -hmm. The other thing is a lack of expertise, a lack of resources. Businesses juggle a lot of competing priorities, Barathe. They focus typically on growing the business. Um, But new tech is emerging every day. Couple that with increased challenges and customer expectations, and then you'll suddenly realize that customer experience is a lot more complicated than it initially appears. So businesses can consider tapping specialist companies such as outsourced customer experience providers. Mm. And when used correctly, CX outsourcing can give companies the foundations they need for stronger, more consistent growth built on everything from, you know, greater back office support to advanced customer analytics and, and even journey mapping. Yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of businesses might have neglected to do all this because they were playing catch up during the pandemic, right? Some of them, I think, went Mm -hmm. from zero to 100 within a few weeks. So, of course, a lot of things might have been overlooked. How can such companies be helped even further? Or what exactly can they DIY before they even approach customer experience experts? Surely they need to do an audit. They need to also figure out what exactly they want to provide in terms of a customer experience. Most assuredly they do. Now, day in, day out, we see companies that have invested so much into building brilliant products, you know, brilliant uh, services for their customers. But very often these companies are locked in viewing that through the lens of the company itself. And it takes, well, disengaging from the company even and looking through fresh eyes, through the eyes of a customer to understand exactly what the customers need uh, from, from the company in order for companies to actually figure out what it is that they need to deliver. Um, very often we find companies taking, um, taking an approach of seeing what everyone else is doing. So little in the world today is novel, Bharati. Mm. You could look at you know, other companies. What are they doing? And let's do what they're doing. And this is what a lot of companies do. And, and this is why they, they aren't able to differentiate their service. They aren't able to really understand what exactly the customer needs for them, no matter how brilliant their products or services. Mm. They also have to, in this day and age, figure out how to best integrate the online experience with the offline experience as well, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. So what are some of the strategies in that regard? Perhaps you could also give us some examples of businesses that have done this successfully that others can emulate. Oh, I surely can. Well, the elements of maybe a good customer experience strategy, an online customer experience strategy, you've got to start first with an omni-channel approach. Now, research has shown that 73% of customers use multiple channels during their purchase journey. This makes creating an omni-channel customer experience a necessity, absolute necessity for most businesses. Then there's the technology and human customer service. Maintaining a level of human touch leads to better outcomes for the brand. Now, three in four consumers state that they are more loyal to a brand if they get to speak to someone. And then there's also timely responses. In a study to understand the expectations of today's connected customers, it was found that the most important attributes of a good CX is fast response time. This holistic approach to the customer journey uh, beyond sales fulfillment is so important. If you ask for some examples, mm. 
we've all been there. We, we, it's the eve of a big holiday, eve of Christmas, eve of Chinese New Year. Take your pick. Uh, you're you're in the mall. You're at the departmental store. You need to get the gift for your daughter or son or friend or colleague, and it it has to be in that color that they want. You get to the front, and the person at the counter says, "I'm sorry, we're all out." Mm. And especially in the color you want. Now, in a situation like that, two things happen. One, you get frustrated. You walk out of the store and you don't think about it again. You think, what else can I buy that person? Now, conversely, in a great uh, experience, now I've experienced this personally, where I could get someone say, look, you could call them and they can tell you if there are other stores around that have it. You make the call. Two things can happen. You can get answered immediately or you could wait indefinitely and give up frustrated mm-hmm. and angry with the brand. Or someone could pick up immediately and say, all right, Byron, where are you going to after this? And, and this is what actually happened to me. Where are you going after this? Which I thought was such a weird question. Mm-hmm. And then I realized right. that this person was trying to find me an outlet that is on my where I could get what I wanted. And they did. And it was an, an incredible experience because this person on the phone knew two things about me. One, I had very little time. This was not the only thing I was doing. Mm. Two, I was going somewhere else to do something else after this, and they made it as convenient as possible for me to pick up what I needed in order to be able to deliver that gift. So it's really up to the businesses and the companies that are providing these products and services what they want to provide to the customer. In a situation like that, Mm. you can either make magic or you can make misery. Right, right, for sure. And if you are transacting online, at some point, like you said, at some point, the customer might still need to speak to a human. Frankly, I am sick of these AI chatbots. They never really answer any of my questions. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that does happen. Uh, Sadly, it's true. Yeah. So here's the thing. With so much focus on tech... Companies obviously need to, again, refocus on manpower and training their people to be able to provide better customer service experiences as well. What are some of the hurdles there? Because I keep hearing of retailers saying they have a shortage of manpower, no time to train the manpower that they have. So talk to me about some of those challenges and what it will take to overcome them. Okay, at at the risk of sounding like a broken record, one of the (laughs) things you could do is go to a professional. Mm. Now, Professional companies have manpower like this, manpower that's already trained. People with just that kind of empathy that we just spoke about. People who would know that the customer has got not enough time, that he's waiting to do something else, and would think through how to make that journey easier and simpler. That takes away a lot of training time on sort of the mindset and the, and the kind of people that you need. And it makes it a lot easier to just train perhaps on the product or some of the systems, the backend systems that will need to be used in order to deliver on those, um, on those online purchases. Um, so that's one of the ways that you can do it. The other thing is using data to identify these pain points. A lot of businesses think, okay, let's throw more people at it mm. uh, and, and that will solve the problem. How do you know? Data is what will tell you which are the things that you need to address first. What are the real pain points? The brand will then determine what's mission critical in the issue that they need to solve first. Um, so tapping specialist partners, one way, uh, which can shorten things up. Uh, the other way is using data points to figure out where to put your resources first. From a training perspective, there's a lot to be said because people don't go to university and come out with a degree in customer experience, right? That just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, So it's up to the businesses, it's up to industry to be able to train 
customer experience professionals to deliver some of these brand promises. Um, and you've got to do it uh, in a way that, you know, customers actually receive the experience that they want. But at the same time, the business has to optimize its costs. It's got to make sure that the technology works. It's got to make sure that the coverage is right, you know, in terms of hours of operations. And it's got to make sure that risk is also managed all at the same time. So it's a really complicated uh, uh, juggling act for the business, really. Mm. And uh, I know that if I ask you how to get started, you'll say go to a specialist. <laughs> go well, to a professional company that can help you. <laughs> yes, you can go to a company that can help you, but first businesses have to help themselves. Barthi, you, you said it yourself. What do you need to think about before approaching a specialist? Yeah. I guess understanding where your product or service fits in that ecosystem for the customer. Where does it fit in that customer's journey? Now, the customer's journey is broader than just their experience with the company. It's it's so many other things. It's, it's what's going on in their daily life. It's what's happening to them at this point in time. It's having enough, having enough business intelligence to understand all of these things mm. as well and put these priorities and items down on paper so that when you go meet that professional, you can have a more meaningful conversation uh, and have a better idea of the outcomes you want to achieve for your customers. Okay, as we move forward, Byron, a lot of people are talking mm-hmm. about the customer experience in the context of fancy things that are still kind of unknown. I'm talking about things such as the metaverse. How are you mm-hmm. processing this and how do you advise your clients on how to prepare for something like that? Preparing for the unknown is always difficult. <laughs> it's always exactly. Difficult. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just looking at all these reports that said that a lot of employees at Meta themselves can't wrap their heads around the concept of the metaverse. Yet you do hear of some large companies saying that they're already developing experiences for the eventuality. Yes, yes. Um, the metaverse is something that's still largely a mystery to many. Um, but there are brands that have gone onto the metaverse that have created even um, virtual presences, um, online stores, uh, created products that are unique to metaverse offerings, which are not even available in the real world. Um, and that's already happened uh, for a lot of businesses, for a lot of big brand names. Yeah. For businesses that are looking to get into the metaverse, I think, you know, unfortunately, they have to start with unraveling where exactly their product or service is going to be in that metaverse. What's the metaverse going to do for you? What's the outcome that they want out of having a presence on the metaverse? Why? Why go there in the first place? Um, Are your customers even there in the first place? These are all questions that need to get answered before jumping on the bandwagon. Mm. Always go back to fundamentals. Just because everyone else is doing it, it doesn't mean you have to as well. Absolutely. Thanks very much for your time today, Byron. Byron Fernandez, Group CIO of Homegrown and NYSE-listed digital customer experience solution provider, TDCX. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.